It is uh, 20 minutes to eight. Let's take a look at the front pages. Jonathan, what's caught your eye this morning? Alpacas have caught my eye this morning. <laughs> uh, now, you mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, the world is watching. Geronimo's fate hangs in the balance and a picture of, well, it's an alpaca. Whether it's actually Geronimo, I don't know, on the front page of The Guardian, but looking straight at you. The mm. sort of uh, view that you really, really don't want to get from an alpaca. But, meanwhile, in the eye... <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're doing alpacas as well, but not Geronimo. Uh, hot to trot, apparently. Why alpacas are the new big thing at weddings. See oh. page 34. <laughs> what, uh, as the best man or as, as the, the officiator, do you think? Uh, or maybe as the bride or the groom. Who knows? You'll have to see page 34 of the eye to find oh, out. Fantastic. Um, I'm going to take us to the Telegraph. A couple of things uh, I've spotted in the tel- uh, not the Telegraph, the Financial Times. Usually uh, uh, your area of expertise, Jonathan, but um, uh-huh. I'm, I'm grabbing sure it. I'd call it that. <laughs> I'm grabbing it this morning. I noticed a little, there's a little graphic there. It's a thing called Data Watch. I'm assuming they do something like this every day, but today's is about big drinkers. Um, And uh, they say that men consume alcohol more frequently than women across Europe. And uh, they've done some data analysis here. And in Romania, that's where there's the biggest gender gap between the levels of drinking of men and women. And it's um, it's quite an interesting chart, actually. Uh, But the lowest levels of drinking in Europe come from Spain, Greece and Italy. And then when you get to Portugal, the numbers start to jump up a little bit. But um, what intrigues me is is why the UK isn't on there. They've Not listed on it at all. No, they've listed. Or maybe it's the top ten places in Europe, and maybe we don't feature on that, which is probably a good thing. Um, mm, yes. But, and before we move away from the FT, one other thing: US asks OPEC for a boost in output to stop fuel prices harming the recovery. And when you look at the detail. Um, They're saying, oh, petrol's gone up almost 50% from the same time last year. They're now paying $3.19 a gallon, £2.30 a (laughs) gallon. They don't know they're born in the States. Admittedly, it's a US gallon, which isn't as big as uh, the sort of four and a half litres that we call a gallon. But Mm. even so, yes, um, they they really, they don't know they're born, do they? (laughs) No. What have you (laughs) got? And good luck with asking OPEC for Mm. anything. Mm. Uh, And something else from the FT, connected with something on the Metro, actually, but it's probably only connected in my mind, but I'll mention them together anyway. Uh, Megit joins list of fought over targets. Now, we mentioned this a week or two back. Uh, Megit being an aerospace and defence company, UK-based, which had received, uh, well, it had agreed a deal with one of its American competitors to be taken over. So basically, they were selling themselves to the the Yanks. And they've now received a takeover approach from uh, another American competitor. So these two American uh, aerospace companies are now battling each other, or trying to outbid each other, for a British company. Now, the reason I, I mention that is that um, it's connected in my mind, uh, bear with me on this one, with uh, something in the Metro, uh, which says, a US firm wins £123 million deal after Cameron lobbying, page two. Now, the connection, there's no obvious connection between the two. That US firm is not one of the two that's ba- bidding for for the uh, British company. But uh, the connection in my mind is that uh, there is a mindset in some people's uh, view of the world, uh, if it makes money, it's all right. 
So that that's the thing with um, the Cameron lobbying. Mm. Um, it's not that he broke any rules. Mm. He, he, he may have bent things and he may have done things that he wasn't really supposed to, but there wasn't a rule that says you can't do that. Mm. And that actually is the source of the the big debate and 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 all the fuss and hoo ha about uh, David Cameron's proceedings. But because it makes him money and it makes other people money, to some views of the world, that's all right. And the uh, the British Aerospace Company, um, I don't remember ever hearing anybody in the Brexit debate saying we're taking back control and we won't be able won't be selling any of our own businesses to foreign companies. I don't remember that ever being mentioned. So taking back control obviously does not include making money by selling yourself to a foreign competitor. Yeah. Is it just me or, or do, <laughs> do, is there something wrong with that? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. know. I don't know. Let's uh, let's leave that one for everyone to ponder on <laughs> Better and uh, move on to The Guardian. Top left-hand corner of The Guardian this morning. Do you want to quit your job? Questions to ask yourself first. This is inside G2 today, and we're in that time of year where everybody relaxes a bit. Uh, some people are lucky enough to get away on holiday, perhaps overseas, and uh, in those conditions, it's when you start thinking about what you've got to come back to. And if you don't fancy going back to your old job, then um, you know you'll be fueling the uh, recruitment companies uh, in September, no doubt. <laughs> uh, and we're talking to a recruiter tomorrow tomorrow morning actually so we'll ask her some of these questions of course you know I haven't seen G2 but the first thing always is about the money and about your commitments and and whether you can afford to quit your job or or take a risk um, in moving jobs but uh, you know from my own experience I would say that if you can afford um, to uh, to quit your job or your volunteering position, I'd ask yourself, do you feel valued? Do you feel taken for granted? And if you do, just walk away. That's my advice. You'll be much happier. Life's too short. The world is changing. And uh, your own state of health and mental health have got to uh, be very high up on that list. Mm, I wonder, it'd be very interesting to hear our, our recruiting guest tomorrow, um, I wonder where that comes in the list of priorities now and mm. whether that is higher now than it was two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Very interesting question to ask. Uh, on the front of the Telegraph, they've got a quote from uh, Professor Alan Smithers of Buckingham University. He's all over the news this morning and, and has been actually for the last couple of days because uh, he's an expert in, uh, in exams and uh, um, employment and so on. Uh, so he's mentioned in our news and uh, on all sorts of other things but uh, here's a good one. The Telegraph have picked up on something he said. Um, basically, he, he's, uh, well, I'll quote you. Girls have long been ahead, but the tendency has been to explain away their superior performance. Why can't we just accept that girls are cleverer? That is actually quite a provocative thing to say, isn't it? Are you allowed to say things like that? <laughs> I think girls have always known that girls are cleverer. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. I mean, there's, a, there's a, a large element of, well, yes, of course we knew that, but nobody dared say it. <laughs> I think, uh, actually, you know, many of our 
top businesses, um, you know, political parties, uh, big organisations are run by women these days and they run very well too. Uh, so uh, let's let's just park that there, shall we? <laughs> yes, I, I, I think so. That That's a, a subject that could um, en- engross us uh, right up until 10 o'clock, couldn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, yeah. One, one final one from me from The Times. Um, it's uh, a, guide, uh, a guide to an opinion piece by uh, Deborah Ross, who writes for them quite a lot. Give us a cure for the stupidity virus. Mm. Now, the problem is not that there is a stupidity virus. Uh, the problem is that everybody's opinion of what stupid actually is yeah. will be different. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good line the stupidity virus, but I suspect that if I were to turn to, they don't even give the page number, it's somewhere inside the Times, if I were to read that article by Deborah Ross, I would find myself disagreeing with her fairly quickly, yeah. and so would everybody else. Exactly, exactly. I bet it's going to be a good read, though. Um, oh, and yeah. uh, the last one from me, actually, is next to that on the top of the Times, and it's uh, a piece about super-fast food, and he's not talking about buying a ready meal from uh, the chiller section in the supermarket. He's talking about the new grocery apps. And this is where you say, oh, my goodness, I've run out of milk. And you get on an app and within minutes somebody turns up on your doorstep with a bottle of milk. This isn't even about meals being delivered from your local takeaway. This is, oh, can someone just nip to Sainsbury's and get me a bottle of orange squash? Um, so Harry Wallop tries all the new grocery apps. That's inside Times 2 this morning. Whatever happened to, uh, incidentally, just connect you to that, whatever happened to the internet-connected fridge that would order the milk from you for you when it turned you you were getting short? I think that used to be a thing, didn't it? It did used to be a thing. It's a thing the marvellous Mr M knows a little bit about, so I shall ask him that question do, and do. report back. OK. <laughs> and in the meantime, those are today's front pages. Thank you, sir. This is Buck's Breakfast.